ground favored, the lodges of Moosehide were pitched. Van Brunt ran his practiced eye over them and calculated. Two hundred, not counting the young ones, he summed up. The man nodded. Pretty close to it, but here's where I live, out of the thick of it, you know. More privacy and all that. Sit down. I'll eat with you when your men get something cooked up. I've forgotten what tea tastes like. Five years and never a taste or smell. Any tobacco? Ah, oh, thanks. And a pipe? Good. Now for a fire stick, and we'll see if the weed has lost its cunning. He scratched the match with the painstaking care of the woodsman, cherished its young flame as though there were never another in all the world, and drew in the first mouthful of smoke. This he retained meditatively for a time, and blew out through his pursed lips slowly and caressingly. Then his face seemed to soften as he leaned back, and a soft blur to film his eyes. He sighed heavily, happily, with immeasurable content, and then said suddenly, God, but that tastes good. Van Brunt nodded sympathetically. Five years, you say? Five years. The man sighed again. And you, I presume, wish to know about it, being naturally curious, and this a sufficiently strange situation and all that. But it's not much. I came in from Edmonton after Muskox, and like Pike and the rest of them had my mischances. Only I lost my party and outfit. Starvation, hardship— the regular tale, you know, sole survivor and all that, till I crawled into tent latches here on hand and knee. Five years, Van Brunt murmured retrospectively, as though turning things over in his mind. Five years on February last. I crossed the Great Slave early in May. And you are... Fairfax? Van Brunt interjected. The man nodded. Let me see. John, I think it is. John Fairfax. How did you know? Fairfax queried lazily, half absorbed in curling smoke spirals upward in the quiet air. The papers were full of it at the time. Prévanche. Prévanche? Fairfax sat up, suddenly alert. He was lost in the smoke mountains. Yes, but he pulled through and came out. Fairfax settled back again and resumed his smoke spirals. "'I am glad to hear it,' he remarked reflectively. "'Prévanche was a bully fellow if he did have ideas about head-straps, the beggar. And he pulled through. Well, I'm glad.' Five years. The phrase drifted recurrently through Van Brunt's thought, and somehow the face of Emily Southwaite seemed to rise up and take form before him. Five years. A wedge of wildfowl honked low overhead, and at the sight of the encampment veered swiftly to the north into the smoldering sun. Van Brunt could not follow them. He pulled out his watch. It was an hour past midnight. The northward clouds flushed bloodily, and rays of somber red shot southward, firing the gloomy woods with a lurid radiance. The air was in breathless calm, not a needle quivered, 
and the least sounds of the camp were distinct and clear as trumpet calls. The Crees and voyageurs felt the spirit of it and mumbled in dreamy undertones, and the cook unconsciously subdued the clatter of pot and pan. Somewhere a child was crying, and from the depths of the forest, like a silver thread, rose a woman's voice in mournful chant, Oh, <laughs> Van Brunt shivered and rubbed the backs of his hands briskly. And they gave me up for dead? his companion asked slowly. Well, you never came back, so your friends promptly forgot. Fairfax laughed harshly, defiantly. Why didn't you come out?